Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Stephen. And today we will be continuing our World Showcase series. We are going to be talking about the American Pavilion. And I feel like it gets convoluted between American Pavilion. Some people call it American Adventure. I keep getting like all mixed up and discombobulated with what it's actually called. Um, perhaps to me the least interesting pavilion in all of World Showcase, but I am willing to have my mind changed. Um, this is also the pavilion that Brett Iwin, voice of Mickey Mouse, shamed us for not loving as much and or not really experiencing to its full extent. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, before we do all of that, I just wanted to um as always just thank our listeners to remind you guys to um check us out uh you know on our website at parksacademypod.com as well as if you are are willing to just give us a kind review and rating on apple podcast that that does go uh, quite a long way and we really do appreciate it joining us today for this episode is our friend courtney guth she is a senior digital analyst for the walt disney company and we are so excited to have her bring her expertise on the American Pavilion, as well as, you know, maybe she could share some of her uh, experiences as someone who works directly for the mouse. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Courtney. Yes, thank you for having me. And today I'm approaching it as a fan. I do get to put out there that all views are my own and do not represent the Walt Disney Company, but I am so excited to share them with you and maybe have some of your hot takes uh, regarding the American Pavilion. So you're not speaking for Bob Iger, is that correct? Correct. Okay. He handled his own earnings call. He's good to yeah. go. <laughs> I bet. All right, cool. Uh, Paige, why don't you kick us off and, and we'll jump into this whole thing. Yeah, so Courtney, we've been starting by asking our guests a couple opening questions. I'll start with, do you remember your first trip to World Showcase? So I was seven months old at my first Disney trip. Um, okay. So not re not really. Uh, very <laughs> lucky that my family actually joined the Disney Vacation Club in 1994. So made annual trips from Maryland uh, down to Florida and then 20 years later started working for the company. So no, I don't remember that that very first trip, but I'd say my earliest memories are probably the Kid Caught Fun spots. Um, they were masks back then before the Duffy Bear, but Coloring, collecting the stamps, um, had a lot of fun with that. Oh, awesome. Um, the other question that I've been asking is, do you have any specific memories from the American Adventure Pavilion? It's not something that I was in person for, but it is directly tied to the American Pavilion. And that is the Barbie at Epcot VHS. Are you familiar with that at all? No. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind, and that would be a fun topic for you all to to dive into. You can look it up on YouTube. Uh, it was Barbie 94 at Epcot. It was the Barbie birthday party. So this was a tie-in to Mattel, and they had a show Crazy. for about 15 months at the uh, America Gardens Theater. So that's the outdoor theater there. And I recently got married earlier this year, and my bachelorette was at Epcot, and it was themed to Barbie at Epcot, but it was Courtney's bachelorette party That is Epcot. the that is the deepest pull I think anyone on our show has ever had. Success. I'm, <laughs> um, I'm proud then. Incredible. I'm looking it up on IMDb, and this is like the director and writer of this show, Susan Kozer-Abiri. This is like her only credit. Is this I would not be surprised. Barbie birthday it was party at Walt Disney World Epcot 94. VHS tape that you could get for a penny with the purchase of like a Barbie from Toys <laughs> R Us. So 
while I was alive when that happened, I don't specifically remember experiencing that at Epcot, but I loved watching the VHS at home and like having that tie to two things that I love, Barbie dolls and Epcot. That is awesome. Yeah, I remember seeing your photos of your Barbie-themed bachelorette party. And now I it all makes that, sense. Yes, so that <laughs> is hilarious. Funny. Wow, awesome. incredible. Um, I, I think that's the show. I don't know how to <laughs> follow it up after that. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, all right. Well, just before we start talking about like opinions and thoughts and feelings about the pavilion, um, I'm just going to go ahead and quickly give a, a brief overview of everything. So the American Pavilion um, was um, it was present in the original plans for the Epcot Center. And once it had arrived and merged uh, to future world and world showcase concepts in the late 1970s. So um, early on, we had talked about how there was really no funding for the World Showcase unless Future World was sort of tied together. And that's why it really turned out to be um, still good, but much different than what it originally was supposed to be. In, in early layouts, the American Adventure um, would have basically straddled the border between the two areas and featured a more futuristic looking design, which I think is insane because now it's all colonial. Um, it was thought to basically have been the host of the World Showcase, um, and it was going to essentially take the center stage. Uh, it was quickly decided, however, that the USA should not overshadow the other nations, and it was moved to the very back of World Showcase, where it could still play a role of the centerpiece, but require guests to uh, have to travel around the world to get there, um, which I found to be kind of interesting. And uh, I can see why they wouldn't want it to overshower, overshadow like other things. But um, the pavilion is a single large building designed the colonial style. It contains the American Adventure Show and the American Heritage Gallery exhibit. Um, it has a display of the different flags throughout U.S. history. It also contains the Liberty Inn restaurant, which serves American fare such as cheeseburgers and hot dogs. Total classic. Uh, and there's a small gift shop, Heritage Manor Gifts, selling American items, as well as the Kid Caught Fun Stop. In 2019, it was announced that the Liberty Inn restaurant would be replaced by the Eagle Regal Eagle Smokehouse. That's such a tongue twister, I think, still. Um, and it's basically offering up like barbecue style food, craft beer, stuff like that. Um, and then in 2021, Epcot announced a new exhibit called The Soul of Jazz, which was an American adventure. Uh, it, it, it will. It, it opened um, basically based on Disney and Pixar's film Soul, um, as well as other, uh, you know, um, basically as well as other like properties from New Orleans, Chicago, uh, New York, Los Angeles, and Puerto Rico. Um, one fun fact about the American Pavilion is that although uh, it uh, well, where is that fun fact? Hang on now. <laughs> okay, it was originally, um, it, it actually took five years to build. Um, it, its original design, like I said, was going to be kind of contemporary, um, but with all of the Georgian-style mansions and houses, uh, much of the pavilion um, ended up taking a, a really, really long time to build. Um, and like many Disney attractions, uh, they used a lot of forced perspective to make the uh, buildings look taller, um, bigger and one of the things that I found to be really interesting about this is that um, this was the fun fact here we go although the American Adventure building is five stories high it actually uses like reverse force perspective to make it look only two stories high 
um, so that it accurately reflects colonial architecture, which was never more than two stories. So there's really not as much history about this whole big, giant uh, centerpiece of World Showcase as maybe some of the other ones. Um, but I think that that's where we have a lot of opportunity to kind of just talk about it. Right? Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I think we should talk about, just to start, I think we should jump right into the American adventure. What do you think? Very good place to start. That's yeah. that's the attraction. That's that's the air conditioning. It's, that's what you're there for. Exactly. Well, and frankly, too, it's like it's like one of the only big things to do there. So I have to admit, <laughs> I mentioned that we were shamed for not having ever experienced it. I experienced it on my... Uh, my 11 and a half inch iPad Pro today, nice. just as God intended, um, through, <laughs> through the power of YouTube. And it was, um, it, I'm sure it's not as effective as it might be having to, you know, seeing it in person. But it definitely gave me like Hall of Presidents, Mr. Lincoln vibes. It's like Hall of Presidents on steroids. I would say you you do lose something with the iPad because... The scale of it is so impressive. I'm sure you noticed all of the multiple animatronics oh, coming yeah. up, coming down. Mm-hmm. Like just the the width of that stage um, is mind blowing. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that really shocked me at first was that like you have Mark Twain and Benjamin Franklin being buddies the whole time, yeah. which I guess is you know the whole American story right there in a nutshell. Um, but it was it was incredible. Like uh, you know everything from sort of, you know, early settlers to, like, uh, the Industrial Revolution to, like, you know, Americans' 100th birthday um, and kind of, like, the, the, the scene that really I thought was, was kind of crazy to look at was um, John Muir and Teddy Roosevelt in That's Yosemite. Um, really interesting. But one of the things that I found is that the American Adventure Show is actually one of Epcot's greatest technological achievements. I don't know if that has changed. Uh, since like some of the other attractions and things, but um, the the audio animatronics shows. I mean, it runs so smoothly from beginning to end um, that it's it's almost like it's impossible that that show even functions at all with how much I we know like Disney rides go down. Also, considering how old it is, I believe it's an opening day original, so that's forty plus years. I would say it's it's still just as impressive to see it in person. When I have first time guests visiting. You know, it's usually a good stopping point halfway through the countries, take a little sit down air conditioning break and they still walk away. Um, very impressed just by the technical marvel that is the inner workings of that show. Yeah, I mean, I was I have to say I, I was a little there was a little bit of trepidation in my in, deep in my soul when I was watching it today because um, they were talking about the Mayflower and, you know, finding new freedom and religious, you know, from religious oppression. I was like, ooh, they're skipping a lot of American history that we don't, didn't usually talk about in the past. And certainly at 80s, I'm sure they wouldn't have discussed it. And then like almost halfway through the show, the great chief uh, Joseph basically says enough of your American adventure. You guys took ours away. And I was like, there you go. There's the Epcot that they should be representing. Um, so that I think was really encouraging to see that it wasn't like this big, you know, good for good for the pilgrims for, you know, <laughs> finding America and making it their own. I was happy to see a little bit more like um, and I don't know if this has always been in it or not, but a little bit more of that, you know, full representation, I think was really nice with like Frederick Douglass and and the chief and all that. 
Yeah, I believe that animatronics and script have remained relatively unchanged. It's really the montage at the end uh, where they play the golden dreams. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, we end with World War II. And now we're just going to shoehorn everything else it's into the last exactly. 60 seconds. But like Beyonce's in there. Um, that has been updated periodically with New American Dreamers. So That's I was awesome. I was going to talk about that. That was in my notes because... Um, one of the scenes I did notice Beyonce, that was, that was great. You know, it had the Obama family. Um, I thought that the, the, the 9-11, you know, they took, they definitely took a beat for the nine, for 9-11, which I thought was really respectful and nice. Um, but then you had a slide with Neil deGrasse Tyson, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, I think. And I was like, huh. Elon Musk is an American, right? He's from he's, South, he's South Africa. Africa. That came I mean, up on Twitter recently. Like, wait, why is I mean, he in this? <laughs> He did move to like Silicon Valley and make his American dream right. of, of failing at PayPal and then starting a crazy company with exploding cars. But um, yeah, I just thought that was like the most perplexing slide to me. Um, I loved it. it. I thought it was fantastic. And I'm glad you mentioned that montage at the end because the song is not only haunting enough, but then you see like Zuckerberg on there. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, <laughs> the American dream to hit up college girls. <laughs> I think that it's funny the whole, if you've ever had to call Disney to make a reservation, I believe this is still the case. The hold music is the song from the American Adventure. So I remember about uh, nine years ago when my husband was planning his first trip, I was doing my Disney college program. And he's like, hey, I was on hold with Disney. And Martin Luther King started giving his I have a dream speech. And <laughs> and then JFK was like, ask not. Well, you're, he's like, what? what's up with that? And I was like, when we go to Epcot, it'll all make sense. Like, don't worry about it, but yeah, we'll see. That's that's a thing. Just just pencil that. Was your is your husband like a big Disney guy, or was he not until you met? He definitely was like a Disney film guy. You know, growing up with the films and the advent of mm-hmm. home video, um, he had been to Disneyland as a kid. Um, his family moved around a lot. Um, he had a f- uh, father in the military, so he had never been to Walt Disney World until I moved here. We were doing long distance, but I will say he quickly adapted as a fan based yeah. on my interest. <laughs> I was going to say, it would be kind of hard to be married to you and not be a huge That's Disney That's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was always a big Disneyland person okay. growing up because I grew up in the San Francisco mm-hmm. Bay Area. Um, but then, you know, my first time in Disney World, I was 23, 24. So it's, you know, it's it's been a, yeah, I, I spent most of my adult life, most of my whole life, actually, without having gone. Actually, I did spend my whole life without having gone. Like everyone who's gone to Disney for the first time, they spent their whole life not going. Right. Which is like, you know, total logic. But uh, yeah, it's cool out there. It's it's really, really cool. Um, uh, Paige, what, do you have any thoughts about the American Pavilion? I mean, I feel like you and I skip it a lot. I really, really do feel that way. So I talked about this in the Brett Iwan episode. I don't know that I have done the American Adventure show. And of all the times I've been to Epcot, which has been a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we always just skipped it because we just assumed like... Because you hate America? No, it was just like, we live in America. Let's look at the other pavilions. Right. It wasn't right. anything against America. We never ate there because we were like, why do we want American food where right. there's all these other great options? And I I don't know. I would like to spend some time there because <laughs> I, I'm sure that it's wonderful. And a lot of people really talk highly of the attractions and the food. and. We, I, I know I ate there during a food and wine a couple of years ago and I enjoyed it okay, good. It was like pulled pork on a Hawaiian roll. Yeah. So, you know, it was thumbs up. But um, yeah, we just don't make an effort. I know that the bathroom there is outstanding. It I is think, very nice. Yeah. One of the finest. 
the finest, I would say. I've used the restroom and I got a dessert there at Food and Wine. Was it apple pie? For some reason, I feel like it was apple pie. Shame on I'd us for... I agree, though, for food and wine that it... There's sometimes something will catch my eye, but I am definitely more apt to try something like the Kenyan booth yes. or right. the cheese bread from Brazil. That's a, exactly. a must-have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... um The thing that I liked the most about the American Pavilion when we went was the Disney Art Gallery. And yeah. I know you can see Disney Art kind of anywhere, but I liked going in there. Um, That's a nice I don't remember. Spot. I was in there by myself. I don't know what you were doing, but something about it really pulled me in. It's right by the bathroom, so maybe it would have been one of those like, mm, can't go up in there, so I'll yeah. go over here. Air conditioning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, what do you even say? You know, it's America. Have you done the Regal Eagle or the Liberty Inn that preceded it, the quick service there? Or no, because it's, you know, when you're in Epcot, there's so many other options. No, we have options. No, last time we talked about stopping at Regal Eagle, but the last two trips that we've been to Epcot, um, it was food and wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, I still haven't been to the new Connections eatery that replaced the electric umbrella in Future World. Okay. Because mm-hmm. yep. I feel like every time I'm at Epcot now, even as local, it's a festival, whether it's right. the Festival of the Arts, right. the Art and Garden. They all have food booths now, too. I'm like, I just, I just haven't eaten there. But I have eaten at Regal Eagle. That was actually one of the last things I did before COVID. It's one of those you look back okay. and you're like, I didn't, I didn't know this was going to be my last Disney <laughs> right. meal. How was it? Because we want to eat there. but I, I, mean, I like it. It's, it's mm-hmm. an improvement to, to Liberty Inn because that was very much your standard, you know, chicken fingers, french fries, hamburgers. Um, whereas this is more elevated, I will say my pro tip is to actually get something off the kids menu because it's still a decent portion. But you get two sides, so you can pick uh, mac and cheese, onion rings, watermelon, uh, probably coleslaw, I think fried pickles, maybe just pickles. I'm not a pickle person, but there's some kind of pickle option. So with with an adult meal, you know, you're getting one bigger side, but like maybe I want mac and cheese and Mm -hmm. french fries with my meal. One of the things we talked about a few weeks back with Canada was how like, you know, Disney theme park food is good for theme park food. It's like really mm-hmm. good for that. But it's not like, I mean, it's not like you're going down to Memphis and having incredible barbecue. We'll say embarrassing moment. And I think Paige is a native Marylander will appreciate this. During my college program, I, I don't know if you've noticed this. I feel like Disney food, the menus often update like every eight mm-hmm. months or so. Like if you like something, enjoy it now because it might not be the third next yeah, time for sure. you come. And while I was on my college program, I saw that they had crab cakes and Old Bay French fries. And I, you know, as a Marylander, I saw the Old Bay and I was like, all right, well, they're maybe doing something right. And actually, um, one of my roommates went to my went to high school with me. So we were both from Maryland. We're like, all right, well, we got to we got to check this out. The crab cakes were not 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 Marylander approved, but I was. <laughs> I was happy for the taste of home with the the old bay old bay seasoned French fries. Oh, good. That's good. super funny. Um, I yeah. saw a, I saw a meme like two days ago with like uh, I think it was like Captain America before he went in the machine, mm-hmm. and it was like oh no, it was him like all buff and stuff after he gets out of. The, I'm such a I'm such a bad Marvel fan, um, but it said like Maryland uh, crab cakes, and then him right beforehand when he was all skinny and scrawny said like Maryland style crab cakes. Yes. Um, it's not the same. Too true. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Deep Cut. 
Deep Cut are makers and purveyors of some of the most incredible record displays and accessories on the market today. Right now, you can check out their pre-sale of their floating record player table. It's the perfect home for your record player setup. This wall-mounted table features a clean look free of messy wires, the beauty of natural hardwood, vibration-dampening design for a better sound, and the small footprint suitable for any space. Every last detail is considered in the design. Every component is best in breed. From the thick hardwood slab to the hand-welded brackets to the powder-coated metal cable management cubby, this is form meets function in the most satisfying way. It's the premium record player shelf that your system deserves. We love these guys and we cannot say enough about how great their quality uh, stuff is. You can get 10% off your first order with DeepCut using the code TPA10 at checkout. Check out deepcut.co and again, use that code TPA10 at checkout. Thank you so much to DeepCut for sponsoring the Parks Academy and being part of our show. We really appreciate you guys and we cannot get enough of your stuff. And now, back to the show. So like, okay, so going back to Regal Eagle a little bit, mm-hmm. like... I was I was kind of saying how, you know, like food in the park is good for food in the park. But how does it compare to somewhere like the plate or like the plate pig or something like that in Disney Springs? Is it that's definitely going to be plate pig would be like a more elevated barbecue experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel just it's a vast improvement on what was on there before. I'm also very biased because I am a big Muppet fan and they did some nice, I would say, subtle Muppet theming there. It's not as in your face is something like Pizza Rizzo, of course, Muppet Vision 3D. But there's little winks and nods. Um, uh-huh. The story behind it is that Sam Eagle is hosting a barbecue competition. And so different Muppets have entered their recipes. So you will find mm. kind of plaques um, of etchings of the Muppets and their their featured recipe and fun little nods and clever witty things throughout. That's cool. So you had mentioned when we first talked early on about Muppet overlays on on quick service is that that's not you're not talking about regal eagle are you yeah that is regal so, oh, you regal eagle. so the, okay. yeah the, the okay. eagle would be sam eagle in this case right. so right. he is on the the crest um i i believe the bar um now they have a walk-up window just outside of the quick service tied to it um they had a sam, there's a sam eagle pewter cup you can't buy it but that's kind of the thread through yeah. to the restaurant and yeah. they have a fantastic frozen mint julep if cool. you are I, in need of a libation to cool you down. Yeah, yeah no, I I definitely knew that that he was a part of Muppet lore and everything. Um, I just I when you said quick service, I guess I didn't really put it all together. Um, yeah, that's the quick one. service, huh? That's super cool. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about um. Let's talk a little bit about. So we talked about the dining, right? So we got the Regal Eagle Smokehouse. Uh, is Fife and Drum, that's still there, right? With turkey yeah, legs, that's hot dogs, like, and smoothie. I was going to say, that's where I know that the turkey legs are. Are you guys turkey leg people or no? No. I don't really I'm like not meat in general. Okay. So eating nasty, greasy meat in the hot Florida sun just sounds like torture to me. It feels like, though, if you were going to put it somewhere in Epcot, it should be in America. You're 100% right about that. The thing is, though, is they're everywhere and in the most strange. I'm not really a tur- I've never had one, but I have a fe- I have a very strong inclination that I'm not a turkey-like person. I think you either. have to do it 
just once. That was mm-hmm. me and my mom after maybe like a decade and a half of visiting the Disney parks. Right? Like, what what is the deal with these turkey legs? I think we should try one. And we're like, you know what? We did that. And that is the thing that we did that we do not need to do. Yep. Again. I, I just like they should, like I said, they just show up in the most random places. So years ago, I was at Disney with um my sister's ex-boyfriend was there and um he like got a turkey leg right before going on Incredicoaster um or California Screaming at the time and I just remember afterward he was laying on the pier in Paradise Pier just like holding his stomach just as upset as anything um and that's like a real thing I just I don't trust it I, I don't really want to be in that situation whether it's the American Pavilion or you know Main Street in Disneyland or anywhere else at least in the American Pavilion, there are very nice bathrooms nearby. If you need this. Good, good fallback. And if you throw up, you know, you'll have someone who's going to like make Donald Duck with a mop afterward. So it'll be really nice. Um, yeah, that's I, I'm not a turkey like person. Um, the funnel cake stand is also there, right? So they have the funnel cake stand um, with like various toppings and, and, and it's like a freestanding yeah, booth. That feels very American. I mean, it feels very like college football. Like- Yes. And I feel the the toppings that you mentioned, they change pretty seasonally, maybe not monthly, but at least each festival features some kind of new, like, I would call it an ice cream slab on top that okay. just melts into the funnel cakes, various, various flavors. Yeah. I, I'm not usually want to do it, though. It's too hot for funnel cake yeah. most times. Like, <laughs> That's sort of how I feel about Epcot in general is... We talked, um, I think it was also in our Canada episode, about how we get so full from Epcot because we just stop and get a little thing from this country and a little thing from that country, even if it's it not wearing food and wine. Um, so then we just aren't hungry for big, massive items. Like, I don't think I'd have room for funnel cake halfway through World Showcase. No. Yeah. I think I, I can count on one hand. The times I've gotten funnel cake, and it's more because somebody that I was with wanted one. I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll, I'll help you a little bit." Yeah, food and wine is like both a blessing and a curse. I feel like, um, yeah, it's it's because it really does like strip you away from being able to do other restaurants you might want to do otherwise. I feel, I think, yeah, that's like I said, I still have that quick service. Next time I go, I'm gonna make a point to try. <laughs> connections eatery because there you yeah, go it, it like, looks good well it looks very nice i've filled up my water bottle there because they have the <laughs> festival free water darned, dispensing. You know? just eat it all yes. um uh, does anyone else feel like this is just almost kind of an underwhelming pavilion because so one of the things that i do when i when i'm preparing for shows i do research right like i i try to find um, articles about it. I try to find history, you know, weird, quirky things about it. Um, YouTube videos of people talking about secrets or unknown facts. And I was having like the darndest time coming up with anything that I thought was overwhelmingly interesting. And I don't want to like, y'all sound... ever get to do. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. By all means, you're the guest. I was just going to ask if you've been able to go to the lounge there. It's now Club 33, but there was a lounge that was accessible on the second floor. Did you ever uh, get to do that? Uh, no. Tell me more. Yeah. So it was at least, I would say, two or three years um, in my early days of being here. So I've been here for almost 10 years. Um, it was open to chase visa card holders. You didn't have to be the Disney visa. Like I had a, a Southwest visa. 
And during food and wine, they would open it up. There's just a nice air-conditioned space on the second floor. It had windows looking out to the American Garden Theater, that outdoor one, so you could usually hear the music mm-hmm. of whoever was playing. They had the Coca-Cola freestyle machines, you know, for free mm-hmm. beverages, just as probably like a six-ounce yeah, cup, but refills here. Okay. somewhere to, to charge your phone. It has since been turned into the Epcot Club 33 Pavilion. So I have, or uh, location, I I have not been in there since. I do <laughs> miss my little air conditioning charging <laughs> freestyle yeah. machine spot, but that's fine. Yeah. So Club- I thought that was cool. Like the little hidden lounges of Epcot. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I had never heard of that. Either. I've only been to Epcot maybe four times. Okay. Um, and I didn't realize that existed either. There's a lot of lounges. It's like my bucket list to see them all. Are they all open to like different special things? No. Yeah, usually they're like very strange. So there's the Disney Vacation Club Lounge would probably be the most accessible. That's at the top of the Imagination Pyramid. You just have to be with a DVC member. Um, there's okay. one in the Living D's Pavilion. A lot of these used to be... Um, Epcot had a lot of corporate sponsors back in the day. And so they were more for employees. Right. Like I believe the the GM Chevrolet Lounge at Test Track is still, of course, for GMs and Chevrolet employees. I have not been to that one. But the Living Seas uh, used to be sponsored by United Technology. Now that's just a flex venue space. Like you could hold a wedding reception there. Um, if you ever do a backstage tour, there's... I'm, I'm not sure what's come back post-COVID, but I believe it's still on offer called the Epcot Undiscovered Future World Tour. Okay. And we did get to see the lounge on that tour as well as what was the HP lounge at Mission Space. I'm not sure if they're still sponsoring that pavilion, but usually it's something cool like the, of course, Living Seas. You're going to look into the fish tank. Mm -hmm. Um, You can see into the Mission Space queue from that one. And then there was one. Uh, within Spaceship Earth, uh, if you ever see those glass panels kind of looking out towards mm-hmm. um, World Showcase. Haven't been in that one. So that and GM are definitely on my bucket list. Hey. Oh, and there's like a random one in Norway that I went to by accident because we did a frozen dessert party and it was supposed to be outside, but it rained. Mm-hmm. So then we got to go into the lounge. And I was like, well, this is kind of a bonus. At That's all okay. secret spot. Two things. Um, First yeah. of all, Frozen dessert, as in like frozen desserts or like frozen. No, frozen the movie. Okay. Uh, I don't believe that's they're still doing that. But when the the Uh frozen attraction replacing Maldrum opened for at least Mm -hmm. two or three years after that, um, you got to watch Illuminations at the time, RIP, have dessert. And then the park had closed, but they would end the experience by ushering everybody who was at the dessert party onto the frozen attraction. So basically, no, That's cool. no wait. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was fun. Um, the second thing is you have like broken my head about these lounges. Um, right? like, I so you uncover that rabbit hole. You're going to go deep into the YouTube I just, archive. <laughs> I have this philosophy in life. Paige hates it. I have this philosophy in life that says basically try every doorknob. And sometimes Ooh. we'll just like walk by spots and I'll just literally jiggle the doorknob to see if a door opens. Um, I've done it in the most like precarious places. So it's probably not the best thing to do. But um, yeah, I, I, I like to find spots that are interesting to go into. And now I'm like, obs- I think I'm going to be completely obsessed with um, these lounges now. Except I he's going to try to find the doorknobs and just I was going to say, I can't endorse it. But no, don't endorse it. I wish it. you the You're best. Don't endorse it at all. But... <laughs> 
It's like every time I'm in Disneyland and we're in line for Pirates of the Caribbean, I look up at Club 33. I'm like, how do I get up there? Like, what's it going to take for me just to, me. you know, meander out up there and see what's going on? If you could go to Club 33, which one would you want to go? Like to the original, one of the Walt Disney Worlds, either uh, of you, feel free to. I would, say the, I would say the original for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one seems the most charming and that's the one I know the most about just from that's where the history is right. like the Walt Disney World is like, so new like okay. I've been at Disney longer than they've been at Disney <laughs> right correct um how <laughs> expensive is it to to do that because I don't think I've ever really looked into it or maybe we have I know it has annual dues mm. in the many tens of thousands of dollars like, my my expectation is if you have to add you can't afford that gosh. sounds familiar maybe. So, well, the other thing with it because I think I had talked about it on a show. A you know what? We talked about ago. it. We talked about it a year or two ago. A year ago. We haven't been on two years. Um, about like um, the most expensive things to do or like things that would yes. be total, you know, splurges we can never afford. Things we wish we could do. I think it was what it was. Um, and we t- I think we, that's where we came up with the $15,000 number. And I think the other part of that was there's a wait list and it's like years long. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So even if my you dentist have the money. keeps me, he's on the wait list. And I'm like, all right, I guess that's what my dental treatment went to. Good luck. You know, I was literally talking to Paige just last week. I went to the dentist, you know, all, all good marks. Um, but I was like, you know, had I, had I started going to dental school when we met, I would have my own practice by now. And now I'm like, now, good look, health benefits. now look at me. <laughs> Now we just have a subpar Disney podcast and, um, you know. Living the dream. Yeah. Hey, oh, no, yes, no. We are. I'm not complaining. I just, you know, to be, oh, to be a dentist and be on a wait list for an exclusive club that is an obscene amount of money. There's one thing that I don't know much about, and I don't know how much Courtney knows about this or Stephen, if you did any research, about the Voices of Liberty. Oh, yeah. Have I've you never actually seen them perform. You did like chamber choir, didn't I you? I know. In yes. High school. Girl, that's your thing. I know. Paige, we need to like stop talking to anyone about the American Pavilion because we are becoming, <laughs> I mean, it's like a thorn in our side how little we know or how little we've experienced. Well, now you know what's at the top of your list aside from all the doorknobs yes. uh, on yeah. your next Disney trip. Okay, so the Voices of Liberty are an opening day performance group. Um, They are an acapella choir, chorale, whatever the appropriate term would be. Um, I think it's it's usually eight people. Um, Certainly, there are more than eight people in the ensemble, but they rotate based on their their days performing. Uh, You can usually find them in the rotunda of the American Adventure Pavilion doors, and that rotunda is actually acoustically designed um, to really uh, enhance their sound. It's those somebody showed me once, like if you stand at one corner, somebody's the other, like you just whisper, it'll it'll carry to the other side. Um, But they do also um, they'll come out for different Epcot special events. Um, Like I was at Epcot on the 40th anniversary, and they did a nice medley arrangement. they will sometimes perform in the America Gardens Theater outdoors, but you can most often find them about 15 minutes before each American Adventure show starts. So kind of a, a precursor, a pre-show to that. Um, 
in at Christmas time, they wear their Dickensian garb, very 1800s, 19th century, and they'll do Christmas carols. But most often, um, they'll sing American classics, like really, I don't know, anything you can think of. Sure. Uh, oh, Susanna, uh, some ragtime, America the Beautiful. They're, they're a lovely group. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, I've heard so many people talking about how obsessed they are with them. And they are, are they in the candlelight processional? Are they part of that at Christmas time too? Or? Some members likely do. Um, if you see um, the tree of people mm-hmm. at the candlelight processional, those are actually all cast members from all over. So I do not oh, have a singing yeah. voice. But if I did, um, usually around this time of year, uh, cast members can audition to then be part of that and then pick like which narrators and which nights they want to sing. So I have many more talented friends who have been part of that. I, I do believe the Voices of Liberty, some of them will accompany them on stage. But if you see people in green robes making the shape of a Christmas tree, those are all cast members who could be doing anything from custodial to like director of marketing. Anyone is welcome to do that and participate on well, their own time. It's dream. a lovely tradition. Yeah. My new dream is not only to work for the Walt Disney Company, but to be a part of the singing Christmas tree. What you want to do is you want to drive Kilimanjaro safaris by day and then be a singing Christmas tree, la la la, by night. Yes. You can I, do I think I think that the more I look into this whole situation, the more I'm starting to realize why I've never spent as much time in the American Pavilion. And it's because people who sing at me make me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> I was going to ask if you guys had done any of the the concerts uh, at the American Garden Theater when it's I've seen like plain white tees, boys to men will be there this fall. I'm going to take it as no, though, given your answer of having people sing at you. I um, this is probably all my fault for not letting Paige enjoy the finer <laughs> things in life. Like, people, what are you doing? Paige, text me next crying? time you're in town. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Why are you crying? Okay. Because you don't like hearing acapella choirs mm-hmm. or flash mobs or street oh performers. If he, if somebody starts to sing, Stevens just out. out. I will, I like will he walk. just bolts. Absolutely. And the thing is, is like I'm not anti music. I'm not like you know. He's actually a musician. I'm not like Miguel's grandmother. Okay. Um, or great great grandmother <laughs> in Coco. I'm just like I actually am. Yeah, I, I play music. I've I've done my share of singing before. I grew up in the church at the time. So I'm like familiar with that whole, you know, singing thing. I just, um, yes, people singing make me uncomfortable and I don't know That's what fair. that is. It just makes me very uneasy. I think the American Garden Theater, though, because they're like mostly well-known musicians. I mean, I was excited to see Plain White Tees. I'm like, maybe I know three mm-hmm. of their songs. But yeah, this is it. it though, if you don't know, um, they are often it's the Garden Rocks concert series for mm-hmm. Flower and Garden and Eat to the Beat for food and wine and they're free they're included in admission um it's they usually do three performances an evening you can do like a dining package to have reserved seating but really it's it's not too hard to show up i'm looking forward to i really want to go to i think it's later this month joey fatone and friends so joey fatone of nsync usually Chris Patrick comes but obviously it's not all of nsync but Sometimes he'll bring in some people from 98 Degrees, basically any like 90s ex boy band. I, I heard you talk about boy bands on the, oh, the yes. Canada episode. I was like, here they are. They're in America, too. Yes. Although Brittany and I, our guests from the Canada episode, um, saw Backstreet Boys together. Nice. So we were more Backstreet Maybe Boys. One of the Backstreet Boys showed up. But that's OK, because I still love Joey Fatone. 
This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Neosabers. Neosabers make incredible handcrafted lightsabers that are perfect for any Star Wars fans. Check out these pros. They have strong metal built hilts, heavy grade polycarbonate blades, technical perfection, clarity of light and sound, perfect for cosplaying, the best option for a saber collection, and they can be totally customized how you want. Check this out. Uh, Neo Sabers is different from all other sales because they focus on providing high-quality NeoPixel lightsabers that would qualify for either cosplay purposes or even light dueling. Their sabers price, uh, they say their sabers are priced low and can be guaranteed that their sabers are affordable and totally worth the purchase. You can check out their collection on their website at neosabers.com and check out their various features uh, of their NeoPixel lightsabers. Guys, I have my very own NeoPixel Saber, um, and, and Neo Sabers does it right. I have the Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker Saber, and it is incredible. If I want it to be green and kind of act like it is from the movie, I can totally do that. Or if I'm looking to kind of customize it, have it be, you know, a Sith Saber, or maybe, you know, give it a little bit of a different Jedi look with purple, blue, yellow, you name it. I can do all of that. My favorite thing about it, though, is that there's an app that you can use. And with that app, you can customize like how it responds to different attacks. You can set it up to where it has like force lightning, where it has a drag motion. You can you can use like all kinds of different colors to change it however you want to right within this app. Um, and then there's also customized controls within the blade itself. So you can like press the button a couple different times to um, change the color, to change the sound or the volume or whatever you want to do. I really cannot speak more highly of Neo Sabers and uh, how much we are so happy to be sponsored uh, by them and partnered with them. If you want to buy something from Neo Sabers, jump on their website and use the code TPA10 at checkout. This is going to guarantee you 10% off your purchase. And right now they are running some incredible sales. So go ahead and check out neosabers.com and get your NeoPixel Neo Sabers lightsaber today. And now Back to the show. Yeah, he's so fun. I've heard he's an utter delight. He's, I believe, an Orlando native, so oh, really? he'll often give back to the community here. That's awesome. A lot of boy bands were birthed from Orlando. It's a weird rabbit hole to go down as well. That's so random. We were at a baseball game, I think it was like two months ago, mm -hmm. and the oh, yeah. older couple behind us, every time a player would come up on the screen, they would like Google the player to see how old they were and where they were from. Oh, and no. one of the players was from Orlando. And the woman said, oh, he was born in Orlando. And the husband said, nobody's born in Orlando. <laughs> it was like old yeah. people moved to Orlando so they could be near Disney. I would say for the most part. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But those NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, a lot of them, I don't know if they were necessarily born there, but like the groups were performed yeah in Orlando so but Joey Fatone definitely went to the high school down the road from my house really? like I've, I've now since learned that wow this is wild stuff man we've talked about Who boy bands we... on two episodes already um if you had a nickel about... or... yeah I'd have like two nickels two nickels um, which isn't a lot but weird that it happened twice I know it gets me farther than I am now um I thought you were gonna talk about the time we saw all time all time low Yes, at the uh, at the game, and they threw out the first pitch, and we're not that good. Oh, oh no! Uh -oh. 
thought that when you said not good at pitching or not good at oh no not the best at pitching god bless him okay it was fine yeah singing's fine oh yeah it was the pitching they can rip i would say Um, they're like pop punk i was like that's like a subgenre of boy band right they're not what you would because they actually play instruments they don't just do like dance moves dance moves yes yeah right what else can we do what else can we talk about boy bands you know what else can we say (laughs) (laughs) boys to men is coming as well we do have a dining thing available for that um because two of uh our close friends uh from my husband's work like we really want to go to boys to men i'm like all right we'll make it happen we will go to spice road table for the first time ever i've never done that one yeah i remember looking at when we were planning our trip two years ago i think um we were looking at the eat to beat schedule to see who was coming um on the weekend we were there. the boy band the boy band train is strong at the eat to the beat we are we have now reached the age where acts from our youth are the free concert yes at, at because you know good for them good for us because they're actually like c-list or d-list celebrities at this point i've done things due to Paige's obsession with 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 boy singers that like wh- who do we see jesse mccartney is that who we sat out in the car and we listened did. to his music at the maryland state fair we did we got like ice cream and just sat in the car and listened like a bunch of weirdos we saved 40 bucks for you we saved yeah, 40 bucks sure. and sat in the parking lot with our windows down and jammed to beautiful soul yep and then great. and then Paige, and then Paige dared me to dm him on instagram and invite him over to our house to hang out no, Did we you? invited him for drinks. We invited him over for drinks or Ooh. something, and he didn't respond. He was like, "I, I'm so care. sorry." He, was, he, he probably looked at it and was like, "I could, I could care less about you." Yep. He left you on red. He yeah. did. I'm like, yeah, me and my, me and my married wife. And he's like, no, thanks. I'm, I'm, maybe for a wife wrote to me, but not you, friend. <laughs> no thanks. I'm surprised he hasn't done the America Pavilion singing circuit. Like I feel like he's in that vein. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I'll keep my eyes definitely. peeled for the next schedule. Yeah, for sure. Our problem is we just don't get out as much as we used to to do stuff like that. We don't. Yeah. We've got a kid, another one coming. It's like, you know, just can't go see boy bands like this. You can't. You time your Epcot trip, right? Yes, exactly. We got to keep an eye on the Eat to the Beat schedule and uh, see when the boy bands are coming Mm -hmm. and sync up with Courtney. There you go. And invite Brittany. Got you. Yeah. And we'll go see. There you go. It's a whole. High school reunion all set there. I like it. That's awesome. There you go. That's super fun. Um, Back to the American Pavilion for a second. Yeah, please. I'm assuming there's a shop. Yeah. It's the art one. Uh, just the art one. That's all they have? Yeah. Okay. I think it had other stuff before, but in my brain, it's been the art one for so long that I, I can't remember what they sold before. Yeah, I... All I can remember is I do remember seeing the art gallery over when we went to the bathrooms last mm-hmm. time, but I don't ever remember shopping in the America Pavilion. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it almost feels more like a um, like a little just like a uh, just like a convenient stopping point, as opposed to an actual immersive pavilion to go do things in. And I think um, I think part of the reason too why you and I have never done the adventure. Is because it is thirty minutes long, and that is a long. That is a long time to spend when you have only a finite amount of time. Like if you're not a local, for instance, um, that's a that's a lot of time to give up to like. And you have to time it 
to be there when it starts. Because I've run into that where it's like, maybe I'm walking by at 1.45, but the next showing isn't until 2.30. And then that's going to take me till till Mm -hmm. three. You definitely, you do have to either be lucky and hit it at the right time or or plan ahead. So I can understand that. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I almost... I almost wonder, like, so when when I so I, I so I grew up in in California, right? And um, the history that I was used to was like the gold rush and you know the missions and things like that. So when I very first came out to the East Coast in 2013, before I had even met Paige, um, you know, I was like going out to you know seeing um, you know Arlington and going out to Virginia and and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I was very impressed by the old colonial sort of, you know, that that sort of architecture and the Civil War stuff and whatever. Um, and so I think that that there is almost certainly a place for that for people who have never experienced it before. Like I have a friend of mine; his dad works for uh, the White House, so I've been, you know, had the opportunity to, you know, actually get like behind the scenes White House tours a couple of times. We've, you know, done all that kind of stuff, kind of up and down, gone to Boston and whatever. Um, so seeing like the colonial ever, you know, all the colonial architecture doesn't really do much for me anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm sure for people who like come from, let's say, I don't know, Nebraska and they've never experienced it. I can see how that would be extremely interesting. Sure. I just think, I just don't think it represents America that well because it's like a post, it's like a, it's like a, you know, postage size blip of the entirety of the United States. like. If you really want to get it, you know, do like all the boroughs of New York City. And that would be the American Pavilion. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's so hard to to represent an area that's so culturally diverse as America. I feel like, you know, when you think of Europe, you can drive four hours and be in a completely different country. But if mm-hmm. I drive four hours in Florida, I'm just further south in yeah. Florida. Right. Um, yeah. And that's just one of of 50 states. So I do feel it's probably tough for them to decide like, all right, well, how do we represent all of these areas? They're varying architecture. So I guess they're like, well, we'll just, we'll go with what it started with. Right. right. Yeah. No, and and that's fair. Because it's not only all the different areas, but then also at what point in history are we going to represent? And so I guess to just pick starting from the beginning, it was easier to say, Okay, well, that narrows us down to the colonies and this architecture style and and powdered wigs come and, inside and yeah. and defecating buckets and the whole thing. Um, but I if you come s- inside, Beyonce's inside, so you're she, right you got inside. it all. She right. has she has the most stunning smile in that video. I actually went back Shoot. and watched it a few times because I wanted to make sure I did see Elon Musk and it wasn't a fever you're dream. Like, was that? Yeah. I was like, was yeah. that was that our was that Mister X? Sure was, you know, Mister Mister Twitter X Man, um, uh, yeah, but um, it's a uh, where was I? What was I saying? Just a second ago, before we talked about Beyonce, you're talking about we're, the, we're on the architecture. architecture. Oh yeah, so it's just it's just a cur- kind of a curious thing, but that does I feel like that brings us to one of the questions you've been asking. Were you going to segue? Yes, I, I was going to say this is a perfect Please segue. let me step out of the way. And so I'm going to open the floor back up to Courtney. Um, some of the questions that I've been asking the guests too, as we're looking at these pavilions is what would you add, change, or take away in the pavilion? Like, is there an attraction you would add? Would you add different dining? Um, 
is there any IP that you feel like would fit really well somehow? So if you could be an Imagineer for a day, what would you do differently about the American Pavilion? Yeah, this is a tough one because I don't feel like you need a signature restaurant here. You know, you go to any of the other three parks, you're you're getting what I would call standardized American fare. There are plenty of chicken nuggets for to sure. be had throughout Disney. Um, I I feel the American Adventure serves its purpose. I don't know that doing something like an attraction, I think that's just opening it up to trouble, you know, criticism of like what was included, what might have been left out. So I think the easiest ad would be a meet and greet because we definitely have Disney films and characters that um, are based in America. First comes to mind would be uh, any of the characters from The Princess and the Frog with Tiana, the the tie to New Orleans. As inaccurate as it is, you do have Pocahontas uh, and John Smith. Uh, I did find a picture of me as a kid meeting Pocahontas at what was definitely the American Adventure. So she did at some point... um, Dumbo takes place in Florida from the opening. I just really want to meet the cute little Dumbo uh, meet yeah. greet that is very Wasn't rare. Wasn't he recently in find. Magic Kingdom? Like not that long ago? He was at Disneyland, um, Disneyland for their, right. their yeah. throwback night. Right. Um, so he was there for that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a character meet and greet would be a nice way to you know bring the kids in, put it right by the kid cot. People love meet and greets. Um, then you're you're still you know treading lightly because I think it is such a, a delicate, you know, not always great history to to have to represent. Sure. You know what I would do? What I would do? do a meet and greet with Scrooge McDuck and teach the kids about oh, like capitalism, about, like, late stage capitalism. Yeah. And be like, hey, you know, this could be you, but you have to basically step on the throats of 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 like laborers to get here. And then sink or swim, baby. You know. That's what I would do. They and now then, have the the DuckTales game, so it, it ties right. in. Like, there's True. the phone attraction. Yep. And then you could have, like, uh, like one of the experiences could be, like, a minimum wage, wage worker, you know? And then you go home and you, like, can't feed your family or pay for rent. Those would be great ideas, I think, for the American <laughs> Pavilion. And all of the Europeans and Canadians would be like, wait, what? You don't have health care? Yeah, it's like, oh, you got a, you got a cold. Time to, time to die. <laughs> and that would be the American adventure. <laughs> this podcast just got depressingly accurate. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's kind of a joke, but also <laughs> that would be very funny. Yep. Uh, in all seriousness, though, I think, I think that if you took all of the, like we talked about in the Can- Canadian episode, we talked about like all the cliches and stereotypes of Canada. When people think of the United States, they don't think about like the colonial times, all this, you know, there's other things they think of. I think that they could have easily taken, and I hate that these are the two examples I'm going to say, but I think you could have taken like three things. Okay. You take like Los Angeles or California, you take New York, and then you take some like Midwest thing and you kind of fuse those together and you make that like, part of the american pavilion okay um i think that you could easily do an attraction um i think that the show that they do is fine although i think that you know ending a world war ii was kind of strange because there's a lot that happened afterward to my knowledge um and uh but i think that you could certainly do like different kinds of shops and things with um you know that, that kind of tie into some of the major cities and more like 
like if I'm coming to the United States from Switzerland, uh, <laughs> where am I going to go? Right. Like, you know, if I'm going to go check out Disney World, well, maybe I had like, I know I keep saying New York City, but like maybe New York, or DC or something on my radar. That's what I would. I have two follow-ups to that. I just, my brain broke when you said about World War II. And I just realized that World War II to like the 1980s when Epcot opened is now the same distance that we are to when exactly. Epcot opened. Right. Like yeah. that was 40 years. And then yeah. another 40. The other, um, when you named all three of those uh, things or places that you'd use to represent America, I feel like that is accurate because I did get to go to Disneyland Paris in 2016 and I wrote it, it there. It's a small world. And there was an America section that we don't really have cool. here uh, in uh, Florida or or at Disneyland. And it had the Golden Gate Bridge, the mm-hmm. Empire State Building, somebody in a football outfit and a cowboy. Yeah, and I was like, right. yep, that, that about that that's America. Yeah, you know what? That's probably just as fair as any other room in the Walt Disney World. Yeah. It's a small world for any other country. Right. Because sure. it's like, I just don't think of America as like colonial olden proper days with Mark Twain and Benjamin Franklin having a, you know, holding court at a table. And for families and kids who grew up in America, they may recognize that all of that is part of our history. Mm-hmm. If going back to your example, if you have a family from Switzerland coming mm-hmm. here to visit, they don't necessarily know about colonial this? America. Yeah. So I think even if. Also, it's kind of disrespectful to have that with the UK pavilion a few doors down. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. There. It's a little disrespectful. You know? What was the American Revolution even for? I know, exactly. What are we? What were we even doing? I feel like if they just opened a shop that had, let's say, some of the merch that you can buy at the Times Square Disney store. Like 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 trucker hats and like iPhone chargers and stuff. Oh, I'm thinking like the Minnie Mouse that we have that's the Statue yeah. of Liberty. Right, right. Or a like little that. baby onesie that says, I love New York and has Minnie Mouse on it. Yeah. Like stuff like that that people from other countries would appreciate. Because Disney World, or like unlike Disneyland. Or like of Four Locos or something. Right. <laughs> Unlike Disneyland, Disney World is an international right. destination. Yes. yes. People coming to Florida are probably not coming to the U.S. and saying, I'm going to go to New York City, I'm going to go down to Disney World, and then I'm going to fly to California. Right. Like, they're That's probably not, just not doing that. Unless you're, like, rich. World. Right. But they're going to Disney World, and they want that experience. Right. We should be able to more comprehensively... Give them that experience in the America Pavilion. I mean, it, is my opinion. I definitely feel like some of that was wasted when they did DCA, and it was such a disaster of trying to fuse all of California into one park. But I mean, this is it just broad strokes, people. You know, just big old broad strokes. And I think it would be better because I, I'm George, what did George Washington ever do for me? <laughs> really, though. Just a few things. It's fine. Yeah. Exactly. So. All right, Courtney, last question. What is your favorite thing to eat in the American Pavilion? It's probably going to be the mac and cheese side at Rico Eagle Barbecue. Just good, like, baked mac and cheese. And I'm going to pair it with the frozen mint julep. Yum. That sounds really good. I could go for both of those things right now. I actually have a (laughs) follow-up question that we are asking all of our guests before we sign off. Who is your Disney Plus avatar? 
it recently changed. So as I shared, I was a big, I am a big Muppets fan. So mm-hmm. I had Gonzo for the longest time, but I know this came up on the Canada episode. They added Bluey avatars and yeah. we are two childless millennials who absolutely love Bluey. And so now my avatar is Bluey. That's awesome. I don't blame I call you dips at all. Our daughter so is, our daughter's super into bingo, which I love. She likes bingo yes, better than She's Bluey. an angel. She actually calls the show bingo. That's fair. Bingo is the heart of it. Just personality wise, I've realized that I align a lot with Bluey. So I was like, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take her. But for about a year and a half, it was it was Gonzo. That's awesome. The great Gonzo. That's cool. Um Indeed. Thank you. Gonzo and Yoda, I know they're both done by Frank Oz, but if you like do Gonzo and then do Yoda Yoda, they're very similar in the way yeah. they sound. It's very weird. Definitely. Um, that is super cool. I know that you have some of your own stuff going on. So is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Sure. I was so happy to join you on your podcast. And we will have to have both of you on my show that I do with my friend from college called of the Mouse Club. So we are a once a month podcast uh, discussing the literary realm of Disney. Think of it as your own personal Disney book club whether that's books about Disney or books that inspired Disney, like Alice in Wonderland, inspiring the film. We often bring on guest readers. So I know you all haven't written a book yet. I don't know if you plan to, but you're welcome to come on and discuss a book with us. We also interview various authors who have written Disney books. Uh, We've been doing it since 2018, uh, but just once a month. So there's not too many episodes (laughs) to catch up on. Uh, They're pretty much evergreen. You're welcome to Pick whatever strikes your fancy. So wherever you find this podcast, you likely can find Book of the Mouse Club podcast. Uh, and we are at Book of the Mouse on Twitter slash X, whatever we're calling it now, <laughs> and on Instagram as well. If you want to keep up with me personally, Courtney, I am at Courtney underscore Guth on Twitter slash X and at Great Guthsby on Instagram. Awesome. We will link all of your stuff in our show notes so people will be able to find Thank you. you. Um, I have not listened to your show, but I'm anxious to do so. It's okay. Um, I used, to re- I used to read a lot more and then we had a kid and now I just like don't. Understandable. Don't we are both really bad. We both love to read. Yeah. I'm about to start grad school. So I was like, you know, sometimes we've done more than one a month, but we are once a month for the next yeah. 15 months as I mm-hmm. enter my master's. Absolutely. Well, we're at the point now where we're like recording way, like your episode the day that we're recording and won't come out for like three to four weeks. Because we're expecting, very you know, we, we're we're with child. Yes, as the, as, you're preparing, as the, as the Bible says. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Paige is like, I'm not. You think I'm going to record the week we have a kid? You're crazy. So I'm no. like planning it. I'm prepping. I'm like doomsday prepping. Um, not do, that no, we, terrible. we planned out. No, no, no. I get it. Like I'm looking at grad school. So we have lined up ours. We have our August to record and then September, October, November, December are all set. So maybe next year, like after you yeah, we'd uh, love to do that. warmed into to two kids, I'm sure we can find something that we'd love to all yeah. chat about. Perfect. That'd be so much fun. That's great. Um, well, okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Courtney, thank you uh, seriously so much for, for joining us and making of course. Uh, this, this episode and this pavilion fun and light and exciting. Um, again, everyone, you can find us on uh, online at the uh, parksacademypod.com. We are also on Instagram at the Parks Academy. Uh, thank you so much to our two incredible sponsors, Neo Sabers and uh, Deep Cut. You can get 10% off your first order at both of their websites using the code TPA10 at checkout. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Thanks, guys. You're, you're awesome. We appreciate all of our listeners um, and all the uh, feedback we get and all the interaction we get. It's, it's, it makes it so much fun to do. 
So uh, until then, we will catch you next time.